Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. A um, few things I have to say. One is we personally are involved both as a lifestyle, a ketogenic diet, but also through my 16 years of clinical practice of what is effective. What do people need to take sometimes, all the time, to support their ketogenic diet? You'll get bits and pieces of this ongoing week after week. It's important to be comprehensive. In one way, it's simple. and one way, it's a little bit complicated. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of The Keto Naturopath. I'm Dr. Carl Goldcamp, and today we have a fun surprise, an interview with Ellen Davis. Ellen Davis has been very helpful in my life personally, and this is why. I'm supposed to be reading from her particular biography she sent me, and I will in a second, but this is a little bit bigger. So I got an email, because I'm on one of her email lists, oh, probably three years ago, that there was going to be this conference down in Florida of these people that were, the names that I knew that were outstanding specialists in the ketogenic world. So that was Jeff Volick, Dr. Eric Westman, I think Steve Finney. Anyway, so I go, oh yeah, I want to go, I want to go. So I called up and they're all sold out. And I go, I can't believe that. How did I miss this? And so Ellen finagles, I shouldn't say this, somehow a ticket became available and I did get in and we did go down and uh, it was phenomenal research. I mean, just the presentations from Thomas Siegfried and you know, there's like the baseball team of all-stars showed up. And there's only, I think, about 60 of us at that first conference. And I'm thinking, amazing, 60 of us and all these people from more or less around the world, certainly North America. So Ellen helped me with that. And so we just, I lost Ellen. All right, uh, lost Ellen for a second. And now we're back. So that was the first introduction from Ellen helping me out of the, the anonymity of email. And so now I'm down to the conference and met her uh, personally and had this wonderful experience. And so when I got there, I realized I, I knew that she had written a number of books and uh, she's an author. She, in fact, in my mind, is the most prolific author in the ketogenic diet that you can find. But I'll get back to that. So we're sitting into basically the intro of the conference, which is Dominic Agostino's, more or less was his conference. And it's called the Metabolic Therapy Conference. So as we're sitting down, he says, you know, this is where I go for information. This is where I tell my students to go for information. And he puts Ellen's uh, website up there and the books that she had written at that point and said, you know, this is probably the most comprehensive place to go for information. Uh, the second, a whole year later, the second Metabolic Therapy Conference, he does that and he adds a few other books. But the reason I say that is that Ellen is a wealth of information. You know, and and uh, her background, she's an MS in clinical nutrition. So she has that desire in herself. She has a great personal story, which hopefully we'll get to a little bit. But that's how important this interview is. If you're interested in the ketogenic diet, the what and the how, everybody has their esoteric questions. We all go down our rabbit holes in various directions, but the concept is easy enough. But the little details are things you need to figure out for yourself and that's why we all read these things again and again and again. So welcome, Ellen Davis. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be uh, with you. It's fun. Absolutely. I'm going to now add to that. Ellen's brief bio that she would like me to have is like she's an expert, no doubt, on a ketogenic diet, accomplished author. Uh, she has at least four books up on and relative to the ketogenic diet on Amazon and alternative health advocate. Her website's ketogenic-diet-resource.com. You can just type ketogenic diet resource all together and it'll still get there. Okay. Um, good point. Just, that's just a little aside there, but yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I, um, 
uh, am glad to be on the call with you and a- answer questions and talk with you because I enjoy talking with you. I just I'm glad we've uh, become friends over the years. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I I feel very lucky. You know, out of the blue. Well, you're like, just so complimentary. It's like I just feel like I'm this person out here writing on ketogenic diets, right? It's like I'm just a nobody. You know, I'm not Dominic D'Agostino, and and uh, you, you just always treat me like I'm royalty. I just love it. Just <laughs> you know, I. In part, that's me, but no, it's um, to be genuine. You, when people start reading your books and see your website, they come away with, "Oh my God, this person has done a lot of work. Has an incredibly yeah. attuned sense of organization and uh, actionable offerings of information." So, uh, you know, I stumbled into you. It's it's cliche to say that, but and who wouldn't be thankful for the person who slipped him into that conference? <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah, and I did finagle. I did finagle. I'll, I'll put that word out there because yeah. uh, you know I know Angela Poff and the person who was kind of running it for Dom, and yeah. I just all I did was just make a phone call and ask her if there's anything left, and she said sure. You know, so super, super. But, but you know, you know I'm glad that I got to. I did that because I got to meet you, and it was just funny how we just kind of accidentally sat together in that. That was funny in that first talk. You know. Yep. It was interesting. Yep. I felt relieved yeah. actually. You know. um you never knew who you're going to meet and going to this conference, it was already uh, a lot of heavy hitters. It's like, uh, and suddenly having you sit down next to me, I go, she's just a regular person. You know, I could actually talk to this person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to remain a regular, a regular person because so. all I'm doing is, you know, collating information, right? Like I, I go out and I read all the papers and I just try to, to, um, repackage it so that it's understandable to the layperson. That's where my expertise is. I understand all the biochemistry and I understand all that stuff. And then I can translate it right. so that people can understand, you know, because sometimes when Dominic talks, you're like, what did you just say? Yeah. You know, because he's just so high level and, uh, uh, you know, and I, I just like for it to be available for everybody, the information. So I just try to rewrite it so people can understand it. Yeah. That's a good way of referencing it. So let me give you my perspective. Here's the problem with physicians in general. I mean, I, I would say actual physicians and, and so I'm not really practicing anymore. I mean, I, coach a few people when it comes up or I feel it's necessary, but I did that for 16 years. And your head is so in the trenches, you know, I would say 24 seven, you don't have time really to be current on new ideas, you know, unless something is forced, Mm. you know, you'll go to a conference and you hope that that's going to give you the best information and you try to qualify the conferences you go to and, and that's it. And then you go back to, you know, charting and organizing and follow up and all the office I don't say it's BS, but that it's your practice. This is your business. And and so you yeah. really, and so you become yeah. progressively more and more uneducated. So to all the work that you do, it's like it's a godsend. You go, gosh, this is, you know, does she follow these people around? <laughs> you know? That's what I come away with. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you, because I had never heard that perspective. I mean, I know that that you know, I I kind of get annoyed, you know, that physicians don't I'm like I'm a lay person and I know more than you about this. What is that? Right. You know, yeah. but I forget, you know, that there's a perspective there that they are just head in the trenches. And, yep. and you know, it, the ones that the ones I where I really get um, curious about are the ones who just refuse to even read it. Yep. You know, that's... I, I, they'll learn it from a patient or whatever, and they don't ask like, oh, how did you get your HbA1c down that low? just by changing your diet. It doesn't occur to them to go because they, my feeling about that is like, then you could help so many other people, you know, that you're treating. So I just wish they would. Um, I asked Dr. Runyon about that one time. He's my co-author for my book. He's a physician and a type one diabetic, you know, 
I asked him, why is this so difficult for doctors to understand? Patients get it right away. If you tell a type, you know, if you explain it to a type 2 diabetic and you say, well, here's your trigger, carbohydrates, and if you cut those back, then, the, you know, you'll have less symptoms. And they get it and they're like, oh, you know, but a doctor's like, uh, I'm not sure about that. You know, I think you should probably eat your fruits and vegetables and, you know, your whole grains or whatever. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I asked uh, Dr. Runyon why, and he said, well, he says, as best I can tell, it's because when we're taught in medical school, we're taught that if it's real, it'll be taught to us. If it's not, it's probably a fad or junk information. That's a good... So he uh, goes, I blame it on educators in, uh, in medical school. I agree. So I'm, I'm a naturopathic doctor, so I always have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder towards MDs, but some MDs are just, you know, like brethren. So I would say there's always been this big gap between... And I would put ketogenic diet into a natural medicine sort of thing. We're talking about macros. It doesn't get any more natural than that. Right. But, right. you know, and, you know, I've practiced in across the street, there's an MD that has nothing, you know, he might even share some patients and they'd be, they'd be unwilling to talk to me. So it's almost like uh, medical segregation, you know, and I go, what yeah. is that about? And, yeah, and it doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. Right? And so now in the ketogenic diet, even in the naturopathic community, there's this rift as well. There's some that have opened up to it, you know, especially uh, um, in cancer and so on. But there's others that saying, you know, you're a foolish person. Your your medical license should be taken away. And it's like, so, you know, yeah. I can't understand. So it, it exists out there. I, I, I think there's people that want especially to... Especially with all the research, right? That's one. It's one thing to, you know, put out something that's not been researched or doesn't have anything behind yep. it, yep. you know, and then to get that accusation. But to, to say that to somebody after all the research that's been done from, what, the 1960s, 1950s, Cahill's research and all of the stuff that's out there proving that the brain can use ketones as an alternative fuel when glucose is low. I mean, that to me is just, that's just, it, it's dishonest it, and it's, and it's ignorant. Yep. And um, I get emails from dietitians every once in a while taking me to task, you know, in quotes, task for what I tell people. And I just write back to them and say, get a clue, go read the research. Here are 10 cardio, you know, surgeons who agree with me. And, and yep. when I'm feeling really mean, I'll say, you just wasted $50,000 on an education to teach you a thing. Right, right. Good for you. No, so, feel free to be mean. Yeah. I, I find yeah. that, you know, looking... <laughs> no, absolutely no. I, I not encouraging murder here by any means, but, you know, being euphemistic... Yeah, no, it's usually when they're mean to me, then I'll be... You know, if they're if they're kind and they just are asking, I, I won't hit them like that. But right. there are a couple that will, you know, same thing, tell you you shouldn't have, you know, your nutrition license, blah, 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 you know, and just, you're a, a terrible person. Then, you know, I, I feel like, okay, gloves are off. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. Let there's... me just rest right back to you. Yeah. Well, I figured with all the work you've done, there had to be a degree of strong angst behind all, you know, to get you motivated to do all that. So uh, it's good. Oh, that yeah. That was my, yeah, my own health. I was trying to fix myself. Yeah. Go, let's go with that. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, I've read your history. So everybody wants to know the personal story. So besides you saying, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to write these books and collaborate with these people because it's, it's evolving. How did you get into it? And why did you even look in this direction? Because I'm amazed that everybody's not doing this, but back in 2008 or 2011, you know, head started turning gradually there. There wasn't this, uh, these conferences that are now for sure. Yeah. So in 2008 is when I started writing websites. The first one I wrote was called Healthy Eating Politics, and uh, it was about the whole cholesterol lie. And that all started because back then, when was that? God, that's like 10 years ago. I was really sick. 
uh, I was losing my vision. I was, you know, burning in my feet. I, I never went and got tested, but I would imagine that I had full-blown type 2 diabetes. And I'm, I'm sure that my blood sugar was high because I had all the symptoms of it. And uh, my mother was a type 2 diabetic. My grandmother was type 2 diabetic. And I watched my mother. She died at 63 from mm. the complications of cancer and um, diabetes. And uh, Way too young. Oh, yeah, way, way too young. Yeah, it was a devastating for our family. But I used to, when I was in my 20s, I used to help her give herself her insulin shots. And at the time, you know, it was just like, that's what, just what you did, right? It just, my mom takes insulin and this is what we do. And, you know, it never really, I, I didn't have any interest at the time in nutrition or any of that because, you know, I'm 20 and I'm just doing my life. But she passed away at 63 from cancer, you know, and we all, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows how strong the the connection is between cancer and insulin and um, high blood sugar. So I'm sure that's had something to do with it. And uh, so when I turned, I got into my forties, I started having these health issues, you know, joint pain and just feeling um, tired all the time. And then at that progressed to uh, these symptoms of diabetes. And, and I just, one day, I don't know, a lightning bolt hit me and I thought I'm going down the path. My mother's going down and I don't want to go down that path. So I started looking at what I was eating, and the first thing I did was take all the processed food out of my diet, you know, anything boxed or in a bag or anything like that. And I felt better, and I thought, well, maybe I'm on something, you know. So I started doing some research, and I read uh, Dr. Ede's book, uh, Protein Power, mm-hmm. uh, Life Plan, and uh, great book. And um, that kind of turned me on to the whole cholesterol thing and low-carb diet. So um, I, I started writing Healthy Eating Politics to put down some of that information. And started implementing some of his things in, into my diet. So I started cutting out major carbohydrates, like, you know, pasta and stuff like that. And I started feeling better. And then uh, I kept writing my website and kept learning more and reading more. I read a whole bunch of other books. I read uh, Anthony Copo's Cholesterol Con and, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other books about cholesterol. So right then at that point, I was kind of focused on the cholesterol thing and the heart disease because that was the scariest thing, right? So mm-hmm. if I do this, am I going to get heart disease? So <clears throat> I wrote a lot about that and and really I wrote my websites to teach myself. So I was just teaching myself about diet and stuff. So at one point, probably two years into it, I decided, okay, I'm gonna go super low carb. I'm gonna go to 20 carbs a day. Just like because I, I think I got a hold of the Atkins book and I was reading that. I'm like, okay, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So I start that program day one, doing great, day two, doing great, day three, I'm out running errands, and on the way back. I had a hypoglycemic episode that made me have to stop driving my car, hmm. stop at a 7-Eleven and get a banana to eat because I was shaking so bad. Mm-hmm. That's how bad my insulin re- That's when I learned about insulin resistance. Cause I'm like, what is this? My hmm. heart is pounding. You know, my face is numb. Uh, I'm shaking. It was, it scared the lights out of me. It yep. scared me. And I thought, what am I doing with, you know, this diet? So I got home and I started doing some reading on that shook for about six or eight hours after that. I still was shaking you wow. know, six hours later. It was bad. And uh, I thought, okay, so I can't do 20 carbs. Nobody was really talking about that. I really couldn't find any information about it. I just figured, you know, that uh, my blood sugar was too low. I didn't really know about reactive hypoglycemia at that point. So I thought, well, it must be my blood sugar. So I'm eating crackers and I'm even trying to get my blood sugar back up the whole day. I just shook and um, that was a, you know, similar experience for me because it really scared me. And so then I decided, okay, well, maybe I'll just cut back to 100 carbs a day. 
So I cut back to 100 carbs a day for about a week or two, and I didn't have any reaction. And then I said, okay, I'm going to try to go to 80. So I had to like slide into low carb mm-hmm. like that way because my insulin resistance was so bad that I couldn't do the full 20 carbs a day at the beginning. So I had to, you know, go lower, lower, lower. It took me about six months to be able to get to a point where I could do 20 carbs a day without having a reaction. Wow. Wow. And, and, and I don't even know what my insulin was at that point because two years after that, I'm still doing low carb. I'm still doing, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 50 carbs a day. And I went and had my insulin checked, and it was still 27 on a scale of 3 to 19. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. So I have no idea what it was when I had that reaction. It was probably off the chart. Yeah. Um, so, and it's about that time I started thinking about doing a website on really low-carb diets. And I chose the ketogenic diet word because that was the word that was more, <laughs> you know, nobody was really talking about it from that angle. So yeah. from a business standpoint, that was a better choice for a keyword. And I had no idea what all this stuff that's happened since was going to happen. I just wanted to write this website for myself. Yeah. yeah. So I start writing the website. And I'm about 40 pages into it. And I find Dominic's blog yeah. online. Yeah, yeah. So I send him an email and I said, hey, you know, when you get your blog fleshed out, because he only had a couple pages on it at that time, but he was talking about his research. I said, hey, when you get this fleshed out, let me know and we'll, we'll link, you know, together yeah. to help our traffic or whatever. And he's like, he writes back, he was like, Oh my God, I love your site. I'm just going to give everybody your site, you know? <laughs> so uh, I was just like, really? And he was like, yeah. And, you know, so we talked on the phone and he was a really nice man. And uh, so six months after that, I think it was in December, I was at work. At the time I was working for the feds as an IT manager and uh, still doing my website on the side. And I'm at work and I get home and I check my traffic on my website because that's my little business on the side. And I had gotten like 40 emails. <laughs> from people from my website. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look at my traffic and it spiked to like 10,000 people. Like at the time I was getting about a hundred people. And I'm like, whoa, what, who linked to me? So yeah. I go out looking and Dominic never told me this, but he went and talked, he had an interview with the Christian broadcasting network and they, and he gave them my website. Amazing. So suddenly I was getting yeah, I was like, I'm like, wow, you know, because I don't know what their reader, their watchership is or whatever you call it, yeah, you know, their yeah, yeah. ratings. But suddenly I had 10,000 visitors to my website every day. And this lasted for like three or four months. And I started getting emails from people all over the world about how to implement a, a ketogenic diet for cancer, because that's what the yeah. the uh, in, interview was about. They were interviewing Fred mm-hmm. Hatfield, I think is his last name, a friend of Dom's. And uh, how he'd put his cancer into remission with a ketogenic diet. And then they talked to Dom in the interview. And, and uh, so I started getting emails from people all over the world asking me about how to implement a ketogenic diet for cancer. And I'm sending back, you know, little cobbled together emails. I'd write uh, Dominic and ask him what he thought about this. And then I found Tom Seafried's book. So I read that. And then I started, you know, contacting Dr. Seafried. What do I say to this person? And that went on for about a month. And then finally, this lady wrote to me. And I'll never forget it. It was on a Saturday morning. Her name was Lisa Duck. She wrote to me. She says, I just want to see my kids grow up. Mm. Mm. And I went, whoa. <laughs> and I thought, I have to write a book for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this mm-hmm. email thing ain't getting it. So I called up Dom and I said, why hasn't anyone written this book? Is there like a legal issue? or Why is it been written? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't have time to write it. You know, yeah. He's like, I don't have time to write it. So I got a hold of Dr. Seafried and I said, would you mind if I 
wrote a patient book and kind of based it on your book. And he said, no, write it. I get questions all the time. So I'm like, okay, well, I wrote the book and I released it and huge amount of interest. I think I sold 400 copies in the first month. Nice. And then a bunch of people had questions. So I revised it and answered those questions and then released a second version. And that was out there for three years. Yeah, three years, I think. And I just revised it to the third edition with the new with the new research. Yep. So that book is how I kind of got started into writing books. And I thought, well, if, if that book is going to do so well. And then I met Dr. Runyon mm-hmm. and he wanted to write a book. So I was like, well, let's write two diabetes books on this. And so we ended up writing books together and, and then they're out there now. And I've just revised them as well. And so that's how it all got started. It kind of snowballed after Dom gave my website to the Christian yeah. Broadcasting Network because I started going to the conferences and and meeting people yep. and right, you know, I added more to my more research to my to my site and started really looking at what other diseases could be treated with this and just kind of snowballed. Absolutely, no, it, it's such a great story. You started with you, you know, and it was about you doing it for you and sharing the information. Uh, lucky you met Dom, and it went from there. So, you know, and actually your books, I I truly credit him with a lot of the, of my success. He is just the most generous, sweetest person you'll ever meet, you know, on top of being gorgeous and and smart. (laughs) Yeah. And being on the deadlift 500 pounds. Jealous of him because he's got, he's got the Trinity, right? He's gorgeous. He's smart. And he's really nice. Yeah. Well, I went or add one. Plus he's wicked strong. Yeah. There's a lot of things. There's two things. It's like the attitude that exists in the, in call it the family or, or the people, so Tom as well is like, you know, these people were not territorial. These people were about, Hey, get the information oh, yeah. out there. And, yeah. and, and often you, you come into something and, and it's a little more protective. Now we're in a different world. What? Five years later, less than that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then he's yeah, absolutely go do it. I'm too busy. And then uh, Tom Sick, you know, he, he basically owned the cancer, ketogenic cancer world in the metaphoric sense. And certainly yeah. Travis Christopherson sort of summarized that. And, and it's it just the attitude of, uh-huh. yeah, you go do it. I, you know, people need this. I, and I, I just love that attitude. It's such a good attitude. Yeah. You're w- right about that. Absolutely. Not, not once did I get any pushback or no, that's mine or anything like that at all. They were like, yeah, go do it. And, and, promote my book continually both of them do and and i also send them 10 percent of the profits every quarter and have been doing that since the book was released because i feel like okay well i wouldn't have this book if it wasn't for them excellent in their research so i try to give back to their research that way you know absolutely it's it's tithing Uh, however i mean that is so cool i mean you you thank the hand that feeds you so to say Uh, i want to go back and just sort of uh, ask a few questions so in your own progress back to your story you know when people jump back and forth and say i did my 20 carbs 50 carbs 100 carbs and they give the grams how when did you learn you had to be precise you're you're a kind of precise person obviously um but you know, what I find... In well, talk- I, I don't know that I've learned that yet. <laughs> because I, I'll just tell you something about me. As much knowledge as I have about this, I am not good about implementing it for myself. Part of that was that two years ago, I developed breast cancer. So that was blow for me. Like, it kind of shook me up like, okay, I'm already eating low carb. Right. And I still developed breast cancer. So it kind of really shook my world a little bit. And uh, now at this point, back on track and doing much better. But for about a year after that, I wobbled badly hmm. um, because it just scared me so much. And uh, so I, I'm not in the best shape that I've ever been in right now, hmm. but I'm on my way back. 
before that happened, I, I tried to stay around, you know, 50 carbs a day and my weight maintained itself. But even with eating 50 carbs a day, you know, sometimes I'd go to 20 when I got mad, you know, because I gained a pound or mm-hmm. whatever. I, uh, you know, and 50 carbs a day for me is like a couple of berries and, you yeah. know, some dairy. Yep. This is not, you know, eating jelly beans and, I mean, I don't eat junk food. Right. I eat regular food. I eat meat and a few vegetables and I, have some, a little bit of berries and I love dark chocolate. So those are the things that I was eating, but I, I have never been able to lose weight on ketogenic diet. I think my insulin, I mean, given my story, my backstory, I think my insulin is, is, I think there's some genetic issues with my insulin metabolism and with fat metabolism, because no matter how low carb I eat, I don't lose weight until I go to like 950 calories a day. Yeah. And I've done that before. I did that before. I was, went to Costa Rica on my birthday, uh, 2012. And six months before that, I did 950 calories a day, every day, low carb. And um, I lost like 60 pounds in five months. Wow, but that was right. torture. Yeah, okay. I haven't had the motivation to go back to that kind of strict, strict diet since. So on a normal calorie intake of like, I, I think I eat about 1,500 calories a day. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm being, you know, it's my birthday or something like that. Yep. But, um, and it, it, I stay heavy at that, at that calorie limit. So there's, and it's part of the reason I went back to school and got my master's degree. I was trying to figure out why can't I lose weight like everybody else can on a low carb diet? What is wrong with me? You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, and I have a lot of sympathy for Jimmy Moore mm-hmm. and for other people who struggle to keep their weight off or to lose weight, even, you know, restricting your diet greatly, you right. know, right. it just, uh, something's there. I don't know what that is biochemically, but there's some of us that don't respond properly mm-hmm. to a ketogenic diet. And I, I would love, man, if I could find out what that is and figure it out, I would, I would write a website on that and books and uh, just to help people out like that. But, All right, let's drill down to that. I have a theory. I have a theory on that. In, uh, in oh, the, you do? Yes, I do. I do. And it's not that ones positively stress themselves or producing their own internal sugar. So, I mean, that's one way of doing it. Somebody's always stressed, so it doesn't matter what their diet's like. They're still producing their sugar, you know, via the, via glucagon, you know, the stress to glucagon to their liver. And so, therefore, diet's almost irrelevant relative to sugar, therefore relative to insulin. That's a phenomena, but uh, let's push that to a side and take that variable out. My thinking is this. Here's what I... Here's what I discovered. I don't want to make it about me, but I'll jump quickly. Because the last... No, I want to make it about okay. you because I want to hear the story. Yeah, well, no, that's not what the podcast is about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So they... Uh, um, and so at last... Con- I went to the Low Carb Conference on in Florida this year, and I, I love Doug Reynolds and the people that show up there, and it's, um, it's always fun and, and blah, blah, blah. So Georgia Edie presented. I've seen her present a couple times before, and I've talked with her, and uh, somebody else had presented. So the... Uh, and, uh, Paul Mabry, who I'll be talking with tomorrow, you know, they're all about the zero carb. So I'm thinking, you know, well, 20, you know, very low carb diet or the classic ketogenic diet is like a, a few berries away from a zero carb diet in essence. And so I thought, all right, what, you know, I've come so far. I was the vegan in medical school for the most part until I realized it didn't work for me. So I said, you know, why don't I experiment with that? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, I'm big into measuring, at least initially, and doing the you know, biomarkers of the glucose and the ketones. And so I said, at least I keep track of that. And then I can go on and get my own blood work. And so 
this ended up being something. And so my diet now is, is, is boringly simple, but it works for me and I enjoy it. it it's primarily is about meat, but it's fish and chicken as well. Um, it's almost nothing else. And I, I do put, you know, I, I've we've read all about the MCT diet back in epilepsy and they were using it in the 60s. And then Hutton Locker made his study on MCT diet. And now it's one of the four diets for epilepsy and supposedly offers a lot more freedom. But here's the here's the theory that I come up with. There's something about zero carb that has made me drop five pounds. I didn't really need five pounds to be dropped. I don't I don't need to have my, you know. Really? Yeah, I, I don't need to. And so we've been doing this since uh, February. Because you're lean. You know, yeah. that surprises me because you're so lean already. Right. I mean, every, every guy wants wow. to sort of feel they can reveal something. I mean, in with themselves. I mean walking on the beach or anything else. And I'm 61. I do like to, to work out. And I've always was a competitor, swimmer, triathlons, all those things. But you, you tended to always have, you know, more fat. And so my fat's down to uh, sometimes below uh, 20%. You know, this is not me counting calories now. And so I think, well, what happened here? And so my fat, so how do I get my fat in my zero carb way of doing things? I actually do pour on uh, C8, you know, the C8 that I like. And I, so that's it. That's, you know, I, I like spices and cooking and Judy's very creative about all that. And so, but I, for every dinner, I pour on my C8. I don't have a fatty coffee. I I do have coffees, you know, throughout the day, but I'm uh, actually segueing more into herbal teas. But so my theory is something happened between, you know, uh, zero carb and the classic ketogenic diet. And I think there's that. And I also think there's something about the source, the ketogenicity of the fat you use. So I think those two factors cobble together. So I've cobbled together the MCT diet, and I'll call it the C8 MCT diet, with the zero carb. And I think there's something to it. Can I explain it? I I can go deeper than what I just did. I think... Um, Wow. I, I think it actually goes into the whole glucagon idea. And that was an idea from, uh, was it the 80s? That, you know, it's not all about insulin. It's also about maybe glucagon is just, you know, popping up a little bit too, meaning stimulating the liver for gluconeogenesis, you know, too early. And so yeah. we're stopping it here because we're all... You know, let me just comment there. Let me just comment on something there that just came to mind when you said that. You know, Dr. Ryan and I have written in our diabetes books about the role of glucagon in bathing, you know, the pancreas as a feedback mechanism, right? right? right. So you, your alpha cells release insulin and then you get a, you know, they, it floods the cellular compartments there and then that causes a glucagon response, which is a feedback mechanism. Right. So, you know, it makes me wonder if it's something to do with that. Right. Then it's not, it's, I like that. You got a feedback mechanism. I I think absolutely. And so this was, I forgot the, um, kind of the father of the whole glucagon theory, but I think it goes back to the seventies. Yeah. 76. I actually uh, did a podcast on it. Sorry. I can't remember his name. And, and, And so, so there's that aspect of it. Um, and so anyway, because I couldn't... So you don't eat any dairy, right? No oh, dairy. definitely don't eat dairy. And dairy is a whole separate issue with me. In fact, I'm into a trilogy of anti-dairy. Well, I'm just sort of presenting the information. But the, the takeaway is, you know, dairy has, uh, you know, IGF-1. It has cow estrogens. You can just have the conversation on IGF-1. And so for my naturopathic yeah, part... Yeah, the more... The more... Yeah, and it's associated with certain kids. I mean, it's, yeah. for autistic kids, it came in. You took them off dairy, obviously took them off wheat as well, but it was like, no, we're not going to uh, say maybe take them off dairy or take them... Dairy is gone, and they would have improvement. I'm not saying you would reclaim yeah. them. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. and there's even a thing called... Yeah, even butter, too, you think? Butter <laughs> tends even to butter be... A little bit of yeah, butter. I think butter is culpable there. And, you know, clearly... Mm. It, 
you can argue academically, no, it doesn't have the casein and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's it kissed casein at some point. <laughs> and and because Yeah, you know, it just makes me wonder because, you know, all the times that I've struggled over the last couple of years, you know, or really the last five years and, and not being able to figure out why can't I lose weight on a regular ketogenic diet, you know, 20 carbs a day and, and uh, right. you know, sometimes 10 carbs and I was really being strict. And, you know, the weight just doesn't, it just, I'll lose a pound and gain a pound, lose five pounds, gain five pounds. You know, it yep. just doesn't yep. consistently drop. And uh, dairy is the one thing that I have uh, never given up because I love it. And uh, I'll tell you, over the last... Yeah, you know, you're going to, well, I mean, I would say that I, I, I would, I'm using it figuratively. I would coach you through, I mean, saying, you know, absolutely, however you get out of dairy, because the biggest thing behind dairy, here's, oh, dairy is such an issue. It's really interesting. I, I like the, the thing behind the story. So casein is primarily, so it's casein and whey are the proteins in dairy. Duh. Okay. Well, in breast, human breast milk, which are all humans. And so we all had some of that, or we had a formula based on that at some point, it's like, it's really like 20% casein and the rest is whey. And they do affect insulin, you know, independent from glycemic index or any of these other things. But there's a thing when casein is digested, a branch is breaking off the way I look at it, a string of peptides that is called casomorphine. So it's, and these little yeah. branch that's broken off. So casomorphine means it's an opiate. It actually connects with the opiate receptors. And so for that mammal, human, cow, donkey, reindeer, horse, that little branch that's broken off that happens really across the board is a different kind of casomorphine. So it happens to be with cows, and you can really get into different kinds of cows, but we'll just say all there's one healthy cow out there, and that's all we're going to talk about to compare, is that the first thing is the ratio of casein to whey is now of all the protein in cow milk, 80% is casein and 20% is whey. And in addition, casomorphine, they call it beta casomorphine, that particular type, you know, there's those string of peptides, is a very potent opiate. So the reason you like mm. casein, uh, in essence, the casein you do like, the reason you like... Yeah, because, and that's how it feels sometimes. It feels like it's a, an addiction. It is. Well, University of Michigan it, and Yale both put it, out a study. I think, it, I think you're right about that, because when I think about how I feel when I eat dairy, I feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> like if I have some cheese or, you know, I have some yogurt or whatever, I just feel great. My brain sparks and I'm like, wow, I feel great, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is that I always hated uh, through naturopathic schools. Like you just tell them don't eat dairy, and that's true. You got the improvement, but why was that? And they go, well, it's for cows. That still didn't answer the question. Now I got it because even human yeah. milk makes a yeah. makes a piece of morphine, and that function is to bond the baby to the mother so the baby comes back and says i want more milk so it's to bond oh. it's to bond it's to bond the calf to the cow and saying oh you want more of that little druggy don't you you want some of that druggy so you holy crap so that's i never do that <laughs> so that's the answer that's that a... is that's part of the answer actually by the way so that's that that's that that's why you like it, it i never knew that that makes perfect sense because the same thing with like lactoferrins right yep. it's something you get from the mother yep. Yep. to help the oh my gosh I never thought of it like that so okay, you're a drug great, addict great see so that's it you're a drug addict and <laughs> yeah. and I was and that's the oh I mean and so I go so I remember back with patients, I'd say, well, just good goat's cheese. You know, that was marginally better, but it's not clearly, you know, so I'm in a no dairy. And when I get weak, I'll do a goat's cheese thing. And Judy likes do, to, and she doesn't have the same problem. Do you eat, do you eat chocolate at all? Do you eat do we chocolate? chocolate? Yeah, we have. And so what I do, 
I'll, I'll mix it. Okay, because I feel like I have the same reaction to chocolate. So I need you to turn your great your great brain toward that problem. What is it about chocolate? I don't know if it's the bromine or whatever it is. But when I eat chocolate, and even like just unsweetened chocolate, just straight out, because I buy Calibo because it's just got this flavor that you can eat it straight with no sugar and it's still good. And I have that stuff, and it's like my brain is on steroids for thought. I mean, I'm just like sharp focus and feel really good and yeah. yeah yeah and i try to stay away from it because it just you know because i have unsweetened chocolate then i want some sweetened chocolate now i'm yeah. down the slope right yeah. having sugar so yeah well I, you know I, you can i think you can have your cake and eat, eat it too on this one but the problem is presenting similar tastes uh tends to drive you back to substance addictive issue so but with oh, the ch- yeah. so makes, if you can find the yeah. chocolate without the sweetener i add in stevia it works for me it's a hunt to find whatever works for you. Other people add other sweeteners, but if you can sub it out for uh, a non-sugar and, and you know, obviously you don't do. Yeah. I, I, when I'm desperate, I'll go melt that. I have cocoa mass from Calibo, you know, <laughs> big dark type chips and I'll mince, I'll, I'll melt that and put erythritol in there, you know, yeah. to sweeten it. Yeah. And that takes some of the edge off of it. But you know, it's, uh, it's tough, you it know, is. It and is. The, the dairy thing is definitely an issue for me, I would say. And this, this whole bonding the baby to the mom thing. I never, I, that's complete new to me. Wow. Uh, that really turns it on its head. It does, but like, the thing is, yeah, no wonder that, that, that keeps you coming back. The problem is within all of that, you have IGF one. And I, I believe IGF one is the culprit. Uh, and we're pretending it's the good cow is grass fed and, you know, it doesn't have a ton of antibiotics. Oh, you're talking about the A1 to A2. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. I think that's an interesting story, but, yeah. um, but I think it's really the IGF-1 that is the driver for uh, autoimmune, uh, various autoimmune diseases, mm. and and there's some evidence of that. So yeah, I, yeah. Dr. Runyon, I think, uh, he I don't know that he doesn't have the same theory you do, but he thinks there's something wrong with it. He won't eat dairy either because he's afraid as a type 1 diabetic that it's going to set off something else for him. Well, so absolutely. No, he's got dairy uh, on his diet as well. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I actually, since you had the history of uh, family history of, of diabetes, I would... This is what I would tell patients. You know, there's no freaking way you're going to do dairy. I don't know how to break it to you. I'll make it soft to you. I'll hold your hand kind of thing. But you're not doing dairy. You know, uh, these are your choices. I make yeah. it that stark. So they, because to be in the middle and not to be 100% dairy free, you can have your moments now and then is not to do any good. You have to be 100% off it. We're talking all. And and, and it is a step. Yeah. Once you're over there, you know, we all have our substance. Yeah, and that's, and that's a tough one because it's such a social food, right? It like is. if you go out with people. It is to a bar, you're going to have something that has cheese on it, you know, or cream sauce or whatever. You can't, you you have a really hard time, uh, going out, you know, with friends. And stuff. I mean, you can, everybody's an adult. You can make your choices yep. or whatever, but if you're a dairy addict then you know, watching somebody eat nachos and not having any, uh, just, I know I, I draw the line you in know, socially, you have one behavior at home, you have another behavior, you know what I mean? And, and it's more like the at yeah. home recommendation when you're out, you know, I don't say, you know, in, when in Rome, do it Rome, you know, to the degree you're comfortable, and if you feel you're making yourself, yeah, a, a socially weird, yeah. then, then jump in and enjoy it. But for and, and you know the thing about that, and, and I'll tell you just from my own experience, when you do something like that, like you give, you know, you give yourself uh, a leeway to have what you want when you go out with your friends. So the next morning, you're sick as a dog, right? Or you're sick when you go to bed that night because of what you ate. Mm-hmm. And those are really good reinforcements to think to yourself: <laughs> Is it worth it? Yeah. You know, do I really want that? <laughs> Like if I have, you know, I don't, I just don't eat junk food because if I were to eat, like, I remember when I was in my twenties, I loved 
loved little Debbie cake rolls, loved those things because they're sweet and salty. And I would eat those and Cheetos and Mountain Dew and all this crap. And this was when I was in my 20s. And I remember like having episodes where I had to lay down after I ate like that because I was so dizzy and woozy. And I didn't know anything then, so I had no idea that yeah. that's hypoglycemia, right? right? So, you know, and so at the time, I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I couldn't drive long distances, you know, because I would take the Cheetos and the Mountain Dew in the car with me. So mm. 30 minutes into it, I'd have to pull over. Wow. You know, and all this stuff that I, these symptoms that I manifested when I was in my 20s, I wish I had had somebody around to say to me, that's hypoglycemia. You're driving up your insulin, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. But I think about how I ate back then, and it's a wonder I survived it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because today, if I were to eat a little Debbie cake roll, I would be so sick. I would never want one again. You know, and that's the thing about once you start changing your diet, people just attribute things to old age or, you know, my joints hurt because I'm getting old or whatever. It's like, no, it's what you're eating. Yep. Yep. What are you eating that's bothering your body? Yep. Because you shouldn't have, you know, those kinds of pain. I don't care if you're 70, you know, or 80 yep. or 90. Yep. It's all diet related in my head. You know? I agree. I agree. Well, we're going to expect big things whenever I talk to you next, because uh, since you discovered something that you can <laughs> you can use for yourself, we're going to see if you implement <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at dairy very differently right now. Next book. Like, yeah, next book. Like All right. I'll help you co-author yeah. that one. But it's funny because yeah. I, 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 for this Facebook group, I tried to summarize. It's actually a complicated issue, but I and I don't think I oversimplified it. it it's taken me a while to come here, but I presented it and people were, got back and saying, this is a little confusing, you know, because you, you can't say it's black or white. You know, it's this or it's that. Uh, these are the big tendencies, uh, the casein and the IGF-1, and then you throw in a few other things that, you know, you, you have to plow through a lot of technical stuff to come to uh, a simple conclusion yeah. that maybe the majority of people, it's true. For maybe we should write a book, Carl. <laughs> I think, I think well, it'd be great. I mean, there's, the, there's in the future. There, well, I, I think that this is, it's, it's been covered, but I think it's, this is why, this is why we talk about it now in the ketogenic diet world that we're sort of self-defining. It's, there's a lot of stupid things that are being said and, and just not being said. So like the, yes. and the, lately, yeah. yeah, lately. Yeah. Well, look at your path. Your path was about food quality right up front. You, you, you said, you know, I, I improved the quality yeah. of my food. It's like, they don't want to talk about food quality. It's like, no, let's not talk about it. You know, no, they just want you to take an exogenous. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so dairy's even, so a, that's why I don't have to get this on my website. Cause I think that is so bogus. And I know <laughs> Dominic really supports that yep. whole arm of this because he's just wanting to get the information out. Yep. So I respect that from him, and he's a bodybuilder, so that's his crowd yep, or whatever. Yep. Um, but some of them, I, you know, they steal stuff from my website. I'm constantly having to go to CopyScape and, and nail them for taking stuff from my website. Good for you. Um, these guys, these exogenous ketone guys, and uh, they are constantly hitting me up. Hey, can we put it on your website? No, you can't put it on my website because my feeling about it is I'm not saying they're bad people or whatever, but they're just capitalizing on what they see as the new the new thing. Right. And which is, you know, we are, we, it, this is the United States. So yep. that's cool. And yep. I make money on the line as well. So I, I'm not dissing them. Right. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to talk about something, you probably should know what you're talking about. <laughs> and two, even with all the information that's out there in the research, nobody has looked at exogenous ketones, um, you know, in a controlled study. There might be a few out there, but that I'm not aware of recently, but um, my feeling is that I don't think we know, we haven't done enough research to know how endogenous ketones work mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, 
so to say that you know how exogenous ketones are going to work, I don't know. I think you're making a leap there, yep. and I'm just not ready to make Yep, yep, yep. So. You reminded me of something, though. I, I'm, you know, we're both spontaneous people, and that's what a podcast for. I forgot to say back about the <laughs> the, the weight loss and the marrying the uh, zero carb with the MCT diet concept. Why would you choose C8? It is the most uh, ketogenetic. Yeah, I think I'm making these words up as I speak, but most ketogenetic. And so, why is that? Why is that of a benefit? Well, because you know, we do know, I mean, this is speaking of exogenous ketone, that's what triggered this, is that, all right, they're going to suppress, their big buzzword is they're going to suppress the appetite with keto, with uh, exogenous ketones, and therefore you're going to eat less, eat less, and therefore you're going to lose weight. That's their theory. <laughs> so what I'm saying, cobbling these yeah. two together, my experience of this is that I don't mind not eating for the whole day, and I've never... I've never had that clarity before, that mental clarity of not having diet saying, why don't you go down and grab some bacon and mayo? You know, that's, that's just down there around the corner. Not that that's a yeah. bad thing. That's still on the keto thing. But I'm saying that this is right. the first time that going out, eating hasn't sort of been ruminating in the back of my mind in some small way. So I, I think that that, you know, the, the ketones in that, yes, it's the ketogenic diet, but I think... Um, that issue of either no carbs or and or increased ketogenicity with the MCT um, plays a role there too, and uh, that was about that's the last capsule. Wow. That's the last part yeah. of it because we've jumped around. Anyway, um, no, I agree. And I, yeah, no, that's okay because I, I'm looking at your C8 keto oil in front of me. I bought you know I bought some from Amazon, and uh, I I like this oil, so it's just. It doesn't have any flavor, which is so great because I've tried to use, you know, the jet fuel. Right. And I've tried to use some of the other um, products that are out there, the ketone salts, just just so if somebody asked me about it, I'd know what, you know, what's out there. But are you still, you still have this on Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to, we're trying to gradually become more sophisticated and move off Amazon. But, um, you know, this whole, my whole thing about that product and and also the sustainability and supporting all that uh, it, it's a big big deal but uh, the C8 some people are you know it, I hate to sort of say it but it's almost a product for intelligent people <laughs> you know it's condescending to say that you know and, <laughs> okay, and so sorry. what I mean is what does it mean is some people will actually get it and they'll and they'll drink it and you know no you wouldn't drink olive oil that way you wouldn't drink you know avocado oil that way you would you know use a little bit put it with food put it on food yeah maybe put it in your coffee but what i've learned is yeah. is having it as an ingredient as opposed to guzzling it because i wanted something to eat you know uh to suppress my appetite that's probably going to give you heartburn sooner than later because you just can't digest yeah you know yeah or tear up your stomach yeah, yeah. right 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 yeah. so we make a mayo with it so i have mm-hmm. mayo c8 that's a way of doing it and sometimes even add C8. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, oh, I like that idea. Yeah. And so, I mean, you put it in these things that you use anyway, and there it is. And then sometimes I'll add the C8 to the mayo on the other stuff. So that's where I, it's, it's contextual. And that's why I say it's a product for the, for the intelligent, yeah. because that's a great idea because I've, I don't like avocado mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. I don't like the taste of it. And I don't like olive oil mayonnaise because I don't like the taste of olive oil. Right. So, I mean, in, in mayonnaise, I'm so used to the whole Hellman's, right? And I like that flavor. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, yeah, because the C8 doesn't have any flavor, it might come out just fine. I'm going to try that. Well, I'll send you our That's recipe. because we put, we, so, we put in collagen and, and GD even has a... I need to come live at your house for a little while. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, we'll switch. Right, right. Learn all this stuff from you. That's yeah. right. Well, if you come in this summer, you'll get your share of clams anyway. So that's a good thing. Could be twelve. Um, yeah, yeah. That's funny, but they're just. So that's my context of where I come from, and and and, it, and I I do believe it's genuinely naturopathic. Is that you? You know, you choose make better. And start where you are. You you make better choices. You put them in the context of making some food for yourself. You know, and not everybody has to be grow their own greens yeah. and make your own, kill their own cow, raise. Their, you know, no, I'm right. not asking that. I'm yeah. saying a little of that will first of all think of all those preserves you you won't have to eat because you're making your own mayo um and yeah i agree that uh, right. the uh, marxist and mayo great idea with the avocado oil tastes terrible but um I, i'm thinking i don't care for it i know i think he missed but he it, i bought it i bought a jar of his mayo it was his mayo that it showed up at public here and i was like wow way to go mark you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like this is on the mainstream so and I bought it and I it's okay it's not horrible right. it just I just don't like the taste of avocado and mayonnaise it tastes weird you know so I, I'm sorry Mark but <laughs> it's um it's you know some people who love avocado might love it you know it's not like I said it's not terrible it's just not the mayo that I prefer no you, know? you put in rosemary too as a clever thing and I think that mucked it up but um. Uh, we're half thinking. Oh, could, if, yeah, if we were, yeah, if we were bazillionaires, we would be out with our own mayo. But right now, it's you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, could have or Dave Asprey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. All those things. So he's doing well too with his products, though. But you know, nice man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't have time. That's a, that's a huge, you know, to, to make products. I'll just tell you from a from a business standpoint to create products and get them on the market. That you got to have a team. Yeah. Of people. And that's a huge undertaking. Shipping and all that stuff. I, I more power to them, but you know, you gotta build it to a point where you can pay people to do that for you because That's true. And and I not and like I told you at that conference, my my goal is freedom, right? Yep. So yep. I I don't I don't wanna build a business that I have to manage by you know, and then manage employees and all that. So that's just not the route I want to go down. I agree. It's getting a little easier than that. For instance, yeah. we drove down to Chattanooga to visit with a special uh, manufacturer that would do batches, and so and then you scale with somebody like that that will take on a share of the responsibility. So it's yeah. it's a little easier, yeah, but it, it's a lot of looking for people who are a honest. Who would have thought you'd say something as obvious as that? Uh, and b have the capability. Yeah. And three, you you like them and can yeah. collaborate with them. You know. Anyway. Neither here nor there. Yeah. So, Ellen, yeah. I'm going to bring this to a close. So we should probably get back to talking about. Okay. No, go ahead. Ketogenic diets and diabetes. I, I know. I would think so. But I also wanted to say is that <laughs> that's what we promised we talked yeah, about. Right. But I'm enjoying this conversation. We could keep going. I know. I last well, part of me is I, I serve to serve you, and whatever comes out is worth listening to. So there you go. Um, yeah. My, you know, you have a a, a presage, if that's the right word. You you you're you've unknowingly been ahead of the curve, however you want to explain it. You can say lucky this, lucky that, um, you know, yeah. not, and I'm not just talking about the keywords in your uh, website. So for instance, in the, in the diet with you and Dr. Munyan is like, you know, now diabetes is back front and center. You know, you have a whole Verta health coming out there. Oh yeah. Verta's, Verta's <laughs> really driven that. Yeah. Right. They've really driven. So consequently, Dr. Fung has come out with, uh, you know, his diabetes book. Yes, it was in the works for a while ago, but you know, well, where's the first diabetes book? For, for my viewing of the, the quality of the books I look at, it was basically you and Dr. Munyan saying, you know, let's cover this. And, you know, yep. you covered, and, yeah. and, and you guys yeah. covered type one and that's, that's, mm -hmm. I would say that's ex extreme, extremely good. And there, and this is, 
before everybody else. And so you have wherever this inner thought is, or maybe you don't even think about it, it just happens. You puts you at the cutting edge of saying, no, these things can be controlled. And I know they can be controlled. And say one other little thing, when I, you know, I read the studies from Verta Health and the blog, and which we probably all do kind of feel obligated to read, is that there was a huge study and and it showed to the world, you can change diabetes. Check that box, done. But I think you can change diabetes even more um, than the numbers that they had given, you know, and, and there's a lot of unanswered questions and that's how it oh, should yeah. be. You know, it goes to the next study, the next study, the next study. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I, so you guys, right. So I, I am talking to, and take this in a positive way, the horse's mouth in terms of, uh, coming out first with, let's talk about ketogenic diet, diabetes, type one, type two. What made you even take that step? Because others hadn't yet really. Yeah. So, for me, you know, I had my own symptoms for type two, but then I met Dr. Runyon and it's funny the way we met because, um, I have a friend down in Florida, Philip Blair, who's also, uh, trying, he was trying to start a company that worked with larger companies to, to turn their healthcare, uh, treatment over to him to teach people about ketogenic diet so that, so that they could reduce their healthcare costs and it never caught on. But, um, he's in, in Florida and I asked him if he knew of a physician that could help me with my younger sister who, um, has some issues and, uh, and he gave me Dr. Runyon's name. So when I talked to Dr. Runyon, he's like, I know your website. <laughs> and I was like, really? And, you know, she got to talking. So it was really interesting the way we met, but, um, you know, a couple years into this, we've become friends and, and, uh, that's when we decided to write the books together. So it's really his knowledge that made those books so great because here is a type, uh, you know, a physician who's a type one diabetic. And you can read his story in my book, in the book that we wrote, mm-hmm. uh, both books, that, mm-hmm. because it's an incredible story. I mean, he developed latent autoimmune diabetes at 38 years old and tried to follow the ADA recommendations. You know, here's a physician who's really, he's got an engineer's type mind. So he's all about tracking and numbers mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he's trying to follow the ADA to the letter, you know, and his HbA1c was 6.5 or 7 which is, you know, damaging and, and he's having hypoglycemic episodes five or six times a week. I mean, so he almost killed himself because his meter broke and he wasn't measuring his sugar correctly. Wow. And he gave himself too much insulin. I mean, he's, he's had a couple of death defying episodes and, um, talks about that in his story. And then he was watching or listening to a podcast and Lauren Cordain was on there talking about the paleo diet. Mm. And that got him off on to doing research on that. And then that led, that research led him to the ketogenic diet. And when he started that ketogenic diet, it was an epiphany for him that he, he has, he now has one hypoglycemic episode a year, maybe. Wow. He ran a triathlon with no extra sugar. <laughs> wow. Like he didn't, ha- he didn't bring any sugar with him to the triathlon. He ran that triathlon. Uh, the swimming and the bike and all of it on ketones. Nice. Nice. And he has a picture of himself in the book, you know, doing that. So he's, he's really, you know, through his personal experience is, is the framework that from which we wrote those books. So to me, that's, that's really the value in our books is that it's coming from somebody that's lived this. Right. He and me from the type two perspective and him from the type one perspective. And it's, uh, you know, I, I I feel like our information is is uh, life changing for people who have diabetes. I really do, right. and and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I really think, you know, if you're a type one diabetic, and there are only about 
five percent of the population. So, and they kind of get left behind because there's so many type twos. Like ninety five percent of people who have diabetes are type two, which is totally reversible with diet. But the type ones are the ones really struggling out there because this is a permanent yep. condition for them. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a moment to moment thing of what is your blood sugar? I mean, you're literally doing the job of your pancreas. Yep. Um, yep. So it's 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 something that's on top of your mind all day long if you're taking if you're taking care of yourself. So. I really wanted to write a book specifically. And, and the other thing is if you're an adult type one, you're even far, farther behind mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, the, because everybody talks about type one as if it's a child disease and it is a child disease and it's very rampant mm-hmm. in children. But once those kids are grown, they really don't get a lot of support. No, no, I agree. So I wanted to write a book for type one diabetics who are, older, you know, and so that's what we did. Excellent. That brings it into a whole new field. I mean, you sort of woke up a whole generation, couple generations of saying, oh, wow, I don't have to give up myself. You know, I'm, it's, it's not just like I, I didn't get it. Yeah. And I think you gave a lot of hope and I think uh, others are following you. I just want to interject because the, the history of type one diabetes and its treatment is really pretty interesting. And I know you know this, but you know, um, before insulin was, was, was uh, isolated up in Toronto by Banting and was it McLeod that he you know, and Best and uh, Colin? I don't know all four names. So I call them the Toronto Four. It was certainly under Banting. Is that you know it was a it was like it was called the uh, Allen's diet and he was actually a New England doctor between New York and Boston and he did a calorie restricted uh, ketogenic diet. It, this is even before the ketogenic diet was so coined um, in 1921 and so. The thing is that they would, uh, type 1 diabetics children, of course, uh, would die usually within a year. Um, and that's basically what happened. So on this calorie-restricted, you know, low-carb diet, in essence, I can't remember if it was high fat or not, uh, they would live for maybe five years, but they'd still die a pretty miserable death because they'd been starving themselves. I mean, there's only only so much, you know, mm. low-carb, uh, hypo... Yeah, you can only lose like half of your right. muscle weight before you die. So they gave them five years, and that was a big deal, and that was the, de- that was the definitive way to treat. And so from that, you know, now insulin comes in, and I, I what I couldn't understand uh, from being a physician when I... would the Jocelyn is the name here, and he was obviously one of the movers and shakers back of that era as well, is that they would have... You needed to have so many carbs in your diet. And I thought, well, is that sort of antithetical to how this all got started? And so I was trying to figure out why is that other than it's corruption and big pharma. And that that's always an answer. You can throw out a lot of things. But Mm -hmm. here's what happened is that so Banting comes in and he isolates the uh, insulin and he gives it to his first child and they actually give it to all these comatose patients. And they by the time they got the last patient in the room, some of the first ones are coming out of their coma. But however, it didn't work. Wow. It didn't. You know, it's, can you imagine that? I mean, you have all these people that are on their way out. Mm. He says, let's just go down. You couldn't do this again. And they just gave insulin to a room of Cobentos. I think there was like 20 some odd uh, patients in the room. And they didn't even get to the last patient. And the first patient was coming out of the coma. And uh, not everybody had the same. So, so I know. Amazing. So, but back to the why carb is part of the recommendation is that Banting, when he started doing it and and the four of them, is that it didn't work for everybody. Some were too far gone, for one. And, it, you know, as adults would come back in and say, hey, mm-hmm. can you help me? They're just too far gone. But they didn't know how to dose it. And sometimes they overdosed. And they actually, and it's reported, they actually mm-hmm. killed, quote unquote, killed people. And so then Banting said, I need to have help. And so he invited up uh, Wilder, uh, Woodyacht, uh, Jocelyn, Allen, and I'm missing a few, you know, yeah. Peterman. And so they said, we need to figure out 
what our dosing regime is. And so they spent a month in Toronto with the Toronto team that had, they were about to get the Nobel Prize in a year or so subsequent. And they had to figure out the dosing because they said, as good as this is, we might inadvertently kill people. And so what they did is in the in the in the ADA is that that's why that buffer of carbs are in there because they said if these people yeah. had had more carbs we wouldn't have killed them. Times have changed right. and things need to be changed. But now I have greater sympathy for why that's there as opposed to their stupid and controlled yeah. by big pharma. Yeah, that's a, I I hadn't known that. That makes sense. You know, it's like you, and I know that Dr. Bernstein uh, mm-hmm. has he kind of talks about that a little bit. Like why he asked an ADA person why you know they recommend carbohydrates for people and. And it was basically they were worried about at this point, you know, in modern times, the lawsuit, right. you know, from uh, uh, hypoglycemia that that might kill someone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but they're just, yeah, but they are just kind of stuck on that, and their whole, the you know, and the dietitians are stuck on the idea that your brain's got to have 145 grams of carbohydrate to function, and and you know, it's just dogma, right? Yeah. People have a hard time letting go of dogma. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly that. Uh, fascinating. So I just wanted yeah. to. I think history has a, a a part to play, but I also wanted to have the current history of your part to play because uh, I think you and Dr. Runyon sort of have set the stage and you didn't come in as a general reference. You came in and, and nailed it. I, yeah, it yeah. I, I think that's great. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, like I say, I agree. I agree. I think, and and here's the other thing I'm going to say that's going to sound really conceited and I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> in, in advance for it. But my website was the only website out there five years ago talking about ketogenic diet. I found Dom's site like about a year later. He had started that blog when he started doing his research about a year later. So my my website is the first one out there. It's really comprehensive. It's like 180 pages. I'm still adding pages to it. And I have to say, sometimes I grit my teeth because I feel like this whole bombing right mm-hmm. now that we're going through with all the people that don't really know what they're talking about is because mm-hmm. of my website. Because all the information was in yep. I don't know how many websites are out there that have taken stuff from my website and 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 built started building their own like you know there were a couple out there that I had to go hey that's my writing you need to change that right so, I'm glad you did um but you know and and I don't know how many books are on Amazon with people just you know doing keyword researches and taking stuff from my website there's probably I don't know four, five or ten little you know dollar ninety nine books that yep. have you know whole passages from my website in them but I agree. you know and whatever I'm not going to chase those people down they're just trying to make a buck but. It it it's uh right now I'm just kind of have backed off my whole keto thing and because it's just being bombed right now with information that's I think not genuine, not researched and not um specific to uh people who could really use it. Like if you tell people to take exogenous ketones to lose weight that to right there to me is like, you don't even know what you're talking about because you're just telling people to eat extra calories to lose weight. Yep. Cause that's all they are yep. is extra calories. They're not going to, if you're not already in ketosis, your, your body's just going to process them like any other, you know, mm-hmm. nutrient that comes in. And if you're eating in excess of what you need in terms of calories, they're just going to get stored as fat or they're going to get burned first. Whatever part of it is the MCT oil is going to get burned off, which means you're not burning your own body fat. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I, the, all those guys, the Prove It guys and the Keto OS and all those people, I, I know they mean well and they're trying to help people. But, um, and if you're, you know, 
24% body fat and you want to lose, you know, the last four pounds, this is, you know, and be told that you can do it this way. It's, I don't know. I'm just, okay. That doesn't make any sense. So, um, so I kind of have to step back from the whole thing. Um, because I'm just, I just get tired of rolling my eyes and walking away. Right. So (laughs) I'm just going to let the wave crest and then my website will still still be there when everybody goes off to do something else, you know? So it's, uh, I just, right now it's just mania out there. It is. It is. I appreciate that. I'm with you uh, with uh, the same sentiments and, um, the, the analogy is good and I hope it is a wave that crashes because I, it, I get so tired of, you know, that's the thing about the internet. You can get disinformation out there as fast as you can get actually faster than you can get genuine information out there. Yeah. And you I can agree. make it, make yeah. it sound simpler and more inducing than usually it, what is the real world, which still, I think the ketogenic yeah. diet is pretty simple. Yeah. And part of wow. the problem is that the people who have the, who have the biggest megaphone, like Jillian Michaels, you know, just wrote the other day that ketogenic diet is a bad diet. I'm like, okay. So yeah. not, obviously hasn't done her research at all, but you know, she has this right. huge megaphone. She's on the today show or whatever. And it's like, hmm. okay, well, whatever. I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to respond to every one of those. It's just not worth it. You know, it's just, not worth it to me. So people are going to speak. And- yeah, I'm saying don't disappear because you're one of the voices that needs to stay in the arena. But I understand it just gets disappointing. So yeah, let's yeah, have yeah, I won't crash. disappear. I'll just I'm just Good. waiting for the wave to crest and crash. And, so, <laughs> and my website, I'm not going to take my website down. My books are still available on Amazon. It's just that they're basically being drowned out by right now by all the the other stuff that's out there. So because. Uh, um, and I just, uh, but the thing is, they'll still be there, right? The, the baseline. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I read this book once called A Thousand True Fans. And uh, I mean, it was obviously on, on marketing. And and that sort of took the pressure off of what I'm trying to do. You know, gradually, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to convert the world. Uh, and it's same, same to, to you. You have more than a thousand true fans, by the way. So, um, you know, you have people that believe in what you're doing and you're good and they're going to spread it. And you really just, you know, focus on those. For me, I focus on the, you know, the thousand true fans. They will think like me and appreciate what I think. That's probably 1% of 1% of 1% and times 23. And so it's a very small group, but that's the purity of people who care uh, about mm-hmm. what we care about. Like, and, yeah. yeah. And you, and you and have I think that. When you, come you, know, from a, yeah, when you come from a point of view of fixing your own health, I just think you're way more authentic for people. Yes. I mean, you've been there, you've done that. Mm. And you're trying to help people avoid some of the mistakes you made or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there writing that never had a weight problem in their life and, you know, never were insulin resistant and they think they know all about ketogenic diets. And maybe they have a a, a perspective that's different from mine and maybe that's good. You know, it probably is good. Uh, You know, somebody who's a bodybuilder who leans out another, you know, 2% to win a competition, that's important information for somebody that's in that realm. So I'm not, again, not dissing anybody, but I just know what I know and, and I see a lot of stuff out there that doesn't line up with the scientific facts. And I just, you know, like I say, I just, just try to not look at it and go away (laughs) and not, you know, try to fix it because I can't fix it. There's plenty of lots. There's plenty of, there's my website, there's Dom's website. He's, you know, all his work and Tom's work. And there's lots of information out there that people can, you know, find what they need to find. So. Uh, I agree. Anyway. I agree. By the way, did you know that uh, speaking of bodybuilders, it's another book there. I, I know you're going to say me write a 
a, a book that you can collaborate with with Andama, Bodybuilders, Ketogenic Diet. But what I was about to say is that... You don't have time. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. That's true. That is that uh, some bodybuilders are actually getting to inject insulin. I mean, they're using insulin as a growth hormone. Oh, I mean, yeah. so it's... And they've already used casein wow. in a way and, and for those same similar reasons because um, it's, you know, catabolic. But it's like, and you go, seriously? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there's common sense and there's others that just don't care. And um, yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, and, well, you have a goal, right? It's yeah. It means it being available to you, you're going to use it. So. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, that, yeah, injecting insulin is not a good idea. But No, it's amazing it's even possible. As yeah, the guys in Toronto found, so. Yeah. I agree. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I, I so appreciate your time. I and mean, it's always been spontaneous, spontaneous conversations that you and I have and the, and the few times we've met. I, I hope that in the future I can call you again and we'll like be even more topics. Absolutely. Anytime. This was great fun. Yeah. And I learned, I love it when I learn, you know, I know so much about ketogenic diets that when I learn something, I get all excited. It's like, <laughs> Oh, it's a new fact to put into my picture, you know, kind of thing. So I learned quite a bit from you today. This is great. Uh, okay. That was inadvertent. I, I meant to you. Thank you well, for inviting it, me. It, well, absolutely. You're always always welcome. I learned much more from you. Um, I'll send you my our, our um, mayo recipe. You can make it home, and you know. Oh yeah, great. Thank you. Know, you. It just makes yeah. it easier. That'd be great. Yeah, let's talk again, and then we can talk. You may maybe talk about more of the details about uh, diabetes and cancer, and okay. if people want to know that. I have other podcasts out there that that information. I actually like this talk because it's very different from anything else I've done. Because I've I've done several podcasts with Jimmy and a couple other places, and you know I've gone into all the details of diabetes and the cancer and stuff. So my thoughts on that are out there already. So mm-hmm. this is unique and it's different. It's good. So yeah, good, good. I appreciate that. All right, my friend. Uh, until next time, I'll be emailing you. And thanks for all your work. And thanks for being the pioneer. I know you don't see yourself okay. that way, but you are. Take care. Oh, well, I appreciate that. All right, take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. For anybody who has any questions, feel free to contact me on our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Same name as our podcast. I'm open to any questions and we plod through the good and the bad, the difficult and the easy week after week.